Good morning, savvy listeners. I am glad that you are taking the time to invest in yourself today. Savvy, the business podcast, will show you how your daily habits can create your own platform. One thing that can make this happen, change your habits, change your success. Welcome to Savvy, the business podcast. Good morning, good morning. We are on Savvy, the business podcast. And I want to wish everyone a good morning this Saturday morning. And those of you here in Houston, Texas, bundle up. We have this cold front coming through and it's kind of chilly out there. We are on today. We're going to step away a little bit from what we normally discuss. I know we're always doing um, business advice, solutions, and things of that of that nature. But uh, we never hit on some of the health concerns or things that's going on out there. So today, we're going to talk about autism in the workplace, along with some other things and other identifiers that we all, including myself, just need to be aware of. So when we're working with um, um, adults or others in the workplace that may have uh, autism or other things that we're going to get educated about this morning, um, we will know, be aware, and we will be educated on how to uh, handle those situations and approach uh, certain situations and not judge judge someone or judge them in the wrong way. So without further ado, we have Ms. Deborah Harris on with us this morning. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning, Melissa. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. So before we get into it, tell us how did you uh, get interested in autism to become an expert and to understand all the different levels? Okay, well, I'm a mother of a 27-year-old autistic son. Uh, Back when he was diagnosed back in 96, it wasn't common. It wasn't heard of as much. And actually, he was two years behind actually getting properly diagnosed. We had been going from place to place and hospital. They were Mm -hmm. calling it a developmental disorder. They were calling it a developmental delay. But I could series of testing and taking him to a neurologist special, they came back with the autism diagnosis and that was um yeah, and from that moment everything just changed. That that diagnosis came in in April of ninety six. Okay. So knowing like you said, you have you have that diagnosis and you know, you're a mom and okay, this is my child, what do I do? How do I uh, work with him? What was your challenge when you first, one, found out the news, and how did you uh, go about figuring out those steps to, you know, get it under control and understand you as a mother working with your child? I tell you, it was the most difficult time in my life because there were no, I mean, absolutely no one that has ever heard of it in my family on the father's side of the family so we were really in the dark as I stated it wasn't a lot as common it was out but it wasn't as common to um, especially to African Americans as well we wasn't educated on it and I didn't have a clue on where to start and I knew that um, 
I knew I had to get myself together because I went into a slight, I want to say depression almost for a little while because that is my only son. And, you know, as a mother and as a father as well, you had these hopes and dreams. And to find out something's being shattered by something that not only doesn't have a um, cause that really just didn't have a great, just didn't have a great understanding of actually what to expect from the disorder. So uh, I actually, I just started beginning with the school system. I knew I had to get him in the school system and that became my first step into figuring out how we were going to take this journey. And it definitely became a journey. Okay. Wow. Okay. So Like I said earlier, educate us, help us to understand. I mean, yes, we know the word autism, and you have some of the um, signs that's just, you know, evident when you, you know, see someone. But what are some things that we are not aware of and some of the things we may be aware of? How, um, help us understand autism and different Okay, autism, of course, is a developmental disorder. It it affects the communication skills and the social skills. And what happens is usually around two years old, you start seeing some signs that probably should be alarming a little bit. You, as a mother or father, you kind of ignore them. But at that time, you have kids that's trying to sound out words or actually saying words. They're having contact eye contact with you, but usually with autism, they're withdrawn from that. They they don't have the direct eye contact. It's almost like they look like they in the world of their own. You know, they don't like to, um, a lot of them don't like you to be affectionate with them. They don't like their interaction. Uh, right. The verbal communication is what alarms me to know that something wasn't right because he just absolutely stopped saying he wasn't trying to say any words and didn't say anything. So at two years old, now he's not talking. He's not actually forming that bond interaction. It's not, it's just, it's a certain kind of bonding that they withdraw from. And I began there saying, okay, something isn't right. And like I said, it took two years for them to come up with the actual uh, problem. We thought he had a hearing problem. We went to the uh, hearing. We went to the speech. We went to, I mean, a series of testing for two years to find out he was autistic and as I stated it was nothing that um, I would have recognized during those first couple of years but hindsight when I look back and got educated on the process one of the things was he he had jaundice as a baby and sometimes that's a, a sign there when they have to be put under the light after they're um, born he suffered from that. He suffered from numerous, numerous, numerous uh, ear infections that he was getting antibiotics for. So I just started tracking some of the things that uh, happened the first couple of years of his birth to try to pinpoint some things to look at that might have been uh, triggering some some of the withdrawalness or some of the causes. But because there's no known cause that says, hey, this causes autism, it's caused by this, then it kind of leads you to just kind of, I'm, I don't want to say fill in the blanks, but in, in a way, so, so to speak, because they haven't said autism is caused by this, this, or that. And so now you just have to just really just treat the disorder the best you can. And as I can say, early detection is probably the only uh, method of being able to live a certain kind of life 
with autism that's kind of productive. You know, the later that you're diagnosed, like my son at four, that's considered to be a late diagnosis. They usually look for that at two, two to be diagnosed to get the proper uh, help that's needed to try to live with the disorder. Okay. So uh, we're going to jump forward a little bit. Autism in the workplace. Um, it's a topic that's really not touched on a lot. And as professionals and as business owners, what are your recommendations when you're working with someone with autism? Or if you don't know, what are some of the signs to look for as an adult? Well, autism is deals on the spectrum. You have uh, mild autism, you have severe autism, you have Asperger, which is basically a functioning autistic level. And what happens is usually when you see people in normal working environments, such as um, uh, office or anything of that nature, usually they're on the level Asperger's, which means they're able to function with little Little help, they don't need a lot, but what you will see from that is maybe repetitious behavior, communication. They can talk and they can talk fluently, but it might be a, a use of words, a, a mm-hmm. repetitive use of words that might seem strange to other people and label them another way than to know that they are on the spectrum, but because they're functioning at a level like you and I, it's not as uh, you wouldn't think, oh, they're autistic. You know, you wouldn't believe it because they're able to follow instructions, they're able to do the job, but they have a certain method that they may be doing it as that seems strange to you or anyone else as coworkers. They may have to have things um, lined up a certain kind of way. They might have to have their lunch at a specific time because uh, that's a repetitious behavior uh, kicking in. It's certain things that you'll look at and say, wow, what's wrong What's wrong with uh, him or her? And for so many years, people have not been educated on autism or Asperger or anything on the uh, spectrum. And, you know, they've come up with uh, people are withdrawn. They're, they're, they're not able to socialize. They might not want to sit in a cafeteria with the other coworkers. They may be off to themselves and, and um and not want to be bothered, but it's not like they're not able to function in the same environment that you are as a, as a worker. But there are certain um, uh, characteristics and behavior patterns that will stand out to others that may be strange or uh, he's weird, she's weird, because we're so quick to label um, yeah. things that's not of, of normality as far as what we see. And okay. you, know, you have to be cautious of that and be understanding because, and then really educate ourselves on what's going on. Because if you have one out of 59 children are being diagnosed at this present time with some level of autism, that is a very high number. And because this is a disorder that is not actually, um, that's considered life span disorder, it becomes something that we got, we must know about because, one out of 59, you're going to know someone to be in contact with somebody that has autism or on the spectrum. Okay. So before we kind of talk, uh, what came on live, you had mentioned the different levels. So mm-hmm. tell us about those levels, the symptoms, 
uh, how we can recognize them um, before, like you say, just human nature, we judge. We're very judgmental, and that's just human nature. So how can we uh, get better at that? And then sometimes we may want to help them, you know. And I know, you know, there's different levels where, like you said, they may not want to be touched or, you know, different things like that. So how can we help if we need be? Should we back off? Should we not? What? Tell us about those levels and how, how we can be of assistance. Well, sometimes, you know, there there are situations that they're trying to divide into. You have, like, three levels of autism where you had a severe autism where I'm sure you, you've seen um, probably out and where um, they're not, they actually need more help. Because one thing about the autism, it's, it's affected with the social and the communication. That's pretty much how that's going to be on every level. You're going to have some kind of social withdrawalness where people are not they they don't want that space that interaction that crowd people to be touching or uh being around their unfamiliar uh settings they're very 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 routine in whatever they want to do it's like a it's, it's like it's programmed in their mind to have a certain pattern that they follow and that's on every level you have a certain pattern whether it's getting up uh catching the bus in the morning or getting up, going to a job, or whatever it is, that must go on for them exactly how they have had it done forever. Or it's just, it's just going to throw their whole um, whole setting off. And it makes them very, very, very uh, angry. It makes them very, um, some of them sad, some of them cry. You know, you can change the routine. My son was a, a certain way with a routine. If it wasn't school, he had a problem and was very upset when it wasn't, you know, school would be out for break or uh, spring mm-hmm. break or wasn't in school. So when you start, when you start trying to uh, label um, people or when you start seeing people that's being affected by the disorder, you know, they have certain, um, uh, some of them, it's not, it's not really a physical um, impairment that you see, although some of them are led around, you'll see parents, leading them around, and that's because that's that attachment with that safety zone. They feel uh, secure with with whoever the parent or whoever they're with because unfamiliar surroundings and situations kind of disrupt anybody on the spectrum. It's a, it's a disruption. They're not, it's just a big crowd of people somewhere, uh, unexpected noise levels. So when you see, see some of the individuals, and, and they're really out now, um, it's just so much you run into people, and you know, especially me being um, so involved in this. I, I see, I see how it's, it's like they're in their own world, and they are, and they really are. And so, mm-hmm. when, so when we, we have to be very um, proceed with caution, as I could say, as far as like you mentioned about helping them. Um, right. Yeah, they're just like any other child or adult for interaction, but you know, it must be an interaction that they feel comfortable with. And for so long, we've tried to take autism, and and I'm guilty of it, and bring autis- autistic children or adults into this world of our normality of what we consider normal. And that's mm-hmm. basically not the best thing. It's kind of going into the world that they feel comfortable with. And, you, you know, Melissa, they have a thing now where they have art therapy, music therapy, 
and these these um, um, they were put in place for therapeutic reasons, but a few things have happened from this. One is they've been able to break barriers of interactions. People feel safe with art. They feel safe with music. So now they've used this as a therapy, but it has also developed hidden talents that maybe people didn't know that their child is a musician or the child is an artist or a child is a, uh, a singer or or uh, act anything of that uh, of the arts and that's been yeah. implemented and it's done such a great 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 thing for the uh, autism community so i do recommend that people to look into um some of those therapeutic um you know art and music yeah. and it's very 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 helpful okay i have seen some artists that are autistic and they are great um, I mean, yeah. some of the things that you do, uh, and, and you mentioned music, same thing, you know, whatever instrument that is, they, they, uh, get connected with whatever direction they go, yeah. they're all committed. Yeah, for sure. It happened for my son. He went for art, for therapy as part of a program and he's, um, that was his talent. I thought for so long it might be music, but it ends up being art and he's been designing uh, pictures and um, symbols, putting them on shirts and everything. So it opened up a really, really talent form. And, and it's, like I said, it develops a trust as well because when you deal with art and you deal with music, they have to right. have that interaction, interaction with their peers, the teachers. So it, it, it develops a trust level and it's helped out so much. And it's, it's very, 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 very instrumental in moving forward and breaking through some of those um stigmas attached with the disorder okay okay so um you mentioned asperger's what are some of the other types of autism that uh, we're not aware of well that's that's really the, the main one on the and that's considered a mild one the rest of you know the other couple of levels you either uh mildly autistic and that means that you're able to do some communication talk or have a fluent conversation and you have your severe autism that they're not communicating at all there's no level of communication no backwards and forwards uh conversation like we're having they may be able to point out some you know things that they want to say a few words here and there but not just a fluent conversation uh, that's that's considered more more of a severity case because there, there's no um, communication. Those are the type of individuals that will probably need care from here on out. They need someone to be a caretaker for them as they continue on the journey of you know becoming older and living with the disorder. But uh, the, the mild autism, they they pretty much are able to function. They have a, a program out here where they're actually, it's a wonderful program, a lot of the children on the mild level of autism and Asperger, they're actually in film. They actually have a school designated for them to actually design and do get behind the film uh, concept. And it, it's wonderful because I, I personally was very surprised to see that they would be able to create on the level of of being able to do film or uh, movies or anything, but they're very, very highly intelligent. Every, I'm not saying every autistic 
person, mm-hmm. but majority has some kind of seven ability, some kind of gift of right. ability that no has sets them aside where wow, they can do that, you know, everyone, you know, like I say, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's being able to count, multiply, uh, just remember dates, things of that nature. So it's very, um, very, very interesting. But when when I speak about autism, Melissa, one of my concerns is to let us as a community, people need to know what is transpiring with autism because, like I said, it's so Common and they just signed the bill, a $1.8 billion Autism wow. Care Act. And what that is designed to do is for the next five years, that is allotted to have services, uh, help, or any kind of um, um, guidance that's needed to help with this disorder. And you have to, we have to get out in our communities and find out and get this kind of kind of help. What services are available? to help with this disorder because if you don't have the help, it can be financially very, very expensive and frustrating to not be able to get some of the assistance that's needed. So when these acts are passed through, uh, co- you know, Congress and we're we're faced with that, we, we need to get out and find out what the, our children are entitled to, how is this affecting and whatever city, whatever district, whatever neighborhood you you're in, it's all over the world. And we have to be a little more cautious, you know, you know, we have to be more conscious of what's what's going on concerning that. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Um the community just has to be more aware and it's great that they just signed this bill um to provide more uh, assistance, activities and everything that's needed. Um, for the autistic community. So what are yeah, some other things? Much so. so what are some of the other things that you're working on now? Well, I've been lately I've been really um you know, autism is a situation that has been, you know, it's very dear to my heart. It's a cause because of course it's my son, but uh one yeah. of the things I learned so much through the journey. So I, I like to educate people on not only the disorder but what it takes to um, actually get through um, having a child with autism because uh, me and my husband, we, we divorced, separated actually, right after the diagnosis. It can be very straining on the marriage. It can be very um, uh, depressing if you're not able right. to um, address it. And one of the things that I didn't do, which was recommended to me as soon as the diagnosis was given, for me to join a health group to identify with other parents that were going through the same identical yeah. thing. And because yeah. I failed to do so, I created a world of my own that was not a good place to be in. Because you never think that, um, you never believe that you're going to have to, you know, it's just hard to go get help for something that, you you know, you don't you don't think that you're going to need to, you need to do it, but you also can't identify because you don't know the people, so you, they can't understand what you're going through. You don't have up and close personal family, friends, so it's just a dark place. And what I try to do is uh, make sure that I don't. I tell parents, please find you a group, and you'll be surprised how helpful it is because everyone has a story. You can learn from someone else's story. You can get help that you ain't know you could get. I mean, it's very 
very, very um, important to do so. And I didn't do that. And I, you know, and I, and I talk about that through my book, my personal memoir. So someone can use it as a guide. Um, diet. Diet is very, 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 very important in dealing with this disorder. If diet is important for us, it's 10 times as important for someone dealing with autism because certain foods, certain um, drinks is just not good for their system because this is a uh, chemical imbalance that we're dealing with in the first right. place. So it's not a good, um, good, good situation. We have to be conscious of the food that we're given and, you know, gluten-free diets. All those items is things that I learned along the way. And some, I'm not going to say it was kind of late for me to implement them, but it kind of, you know, if I hadn't known earlier, you know, it would have helped out at six instead of learning something that when he was 12 or things like that. So when I did the book, it was for my personal experience, but it was also to help parents and educators and that were, um, you know, what, what the journey was and what was needed and what helped out. And I always give credit to the education system is because we broke through barriers that I didn't see that we would be able to with the help of working with the school system. You know, and, and as hard as we are on the, on the teachers and all these expectations of the, of the school system, you know, they're very, they're, they're faced with very challenging uh, jobs when they deal with special ed needs, um, some of them a lot in the classroom. So it, it, this was the opportunity. I suggest that parents work closely, work closely with the school system. Whatever they're working on, you have to put it in place because autism is um, a, a disorder that's learned by repetitive behavior as well. So if something is drilled inside into a person with autism, they have a very good chance of grasping it. So it's very important to team up with uh, the school system and know what your child is entitled to. No, make sure they're getting the proper speech, occupational therapy. All those things are very, very, very instrumental. Okay, you mentioned that you um, have a memoir. Tell us a little bit about and what made you sit down and write. Well, actually, trapped in the world of silence was um, that's the name of my memoir. Um, and it's trapped in the world of silence because I wanted my son to talk so bad. I just I could not accept that he couldn't communicate with me. It was a fear that I lived with of him not being able to uh, communicate to me what was transpiring in his life. Uh, right. It was uh, a very difficult time to, to do the communication. I just did not want to accept that part of it. So I really focused so on from speech therapy to just, you know, everything had to deal with, I wanted him to talk. I wanted him to talk. And I felt that was the only way that he would be able to communicate in the world that I had created, for, which is the world we live in. But um, Trapped in the World of Silence basically was a memoir to say at the end, when I mean, it was the end of the day, he taught me how to come into his world. And even mm-hmm. though he wasn't communicating verbally, he was communicating with me through every step of the way of the journey. Every step of the way he was communicating. It's just that I was looking for it to come out in conversation as we've prone to know to do. And he was speaking volume without even even talking. So, you know, that, that book was very, uh, not difficult to write, but it was a, it was a pain, kind of, I want to say difficult, because I didn't realize all we had been through 
until I was able to put it on paper. You know, sometimes you just have to keep going and moving forward. And when you stop, you say, wow, we did all this happen. And that's when it was a very um, emotional, emotional story. You know, my, my life is in that book with my son, but the time he was diagnosed until um, adult life. So um, it just was something that, I, you know, I, I take pride in because I know it's helped so, so many people. I've traveled so many places with this book. I, I've done a lot with it, and I know I've helped a lot of families, and that's what it's all about. It's about being able to to help other other families deal with the disorder, and something that I might say in there might be a, a turning point for them that I might not have been able to implement necessarily for myself, but if it helps someone else, then my job has been completed. Okay. Um, with you traveling with your book, Trapped in Silence, um, that title kind of speaks for itself, and I really like the title um, that you're giving your book. Um, as you travel and you talk about your book, Autism, Your Son, um, are you surprised at some of the reactions that you may get, if any, on um, the of how you form your own therapy, if you will, of getting through it, understanding it, uh, educating yourself? Because, like you said, you didn't join the uh, the group uh, or get with the organizations. You just kind of went into depression and kind of, you know, secluded yourself. So would you say that in that was a lesson in when you wrote the book and the reaction that you get once you share your story? Yeah, I, I yeah, I, you know, you go into, like I said, you go into this world and you uh, trapped in the world of silence was, was generated for um, him not communicating. But, but what happened with this story when I realized all I had, all we had been through, and it is, and, it, and it's some, and it's a journey. It's, it's, it's a, a journey right. that you still have to remember your kid. I still right. have to remember he was a, a growing boy that mm-hmm. was like a, a, like a girl, you know. So, you know, the, this book did a lot. Of, it entertained, it educated, and, and and inspired because, you know, I say what I thought was a curse because I, I really, you know, you have to. That's why me, you know, you know, and I, and I say in my book for all the autistic parents to take a good look at themselves in the mirror and get them some credit because God has put a responsibility, greater responsibility on you and, and the gift and the gift because what I thought was the curse turned out to be the biggest blessing of my life. And you say curse because it's like, why did this happen to me? You know, no one in my family had autism. No one heard of it. No one on his father's side. So what was this dropping in my lap for? What was I to do with this? And that that's when the denial and the creation of uh, depression and all those um, the things that God does not want us to get involved in, those, those things take over. And you have to find a way to dig out of that. And I didn't realize that we were climbing through the whole process, it wasn't an easy one because now at the time, like I said, expenses. So now you have my insurance. I can I have a chapter called insufficient funds, you know, insurance or insufficient funds because it just yeah. wasn't enough to cover what was needed. And 
So uh, those resources, those acts, those bills, those weren't signed back then to give us uh, the, the resources or, or the financial support needed. So when I go around, I tell my story and I and I share with people, and you know they ask me questions. I've done seminars. I've done seminars for the school system uh, in in Illinois. So when when I get into this, um, I want to say it, it's such a I don't want to say educational because it's not it's, it's personal, but it's a mixture of everything because I want to identify with the regular parents middle class, lower class don't necessarily have the financial support to deal right. with the disorder. And my that's what my book was geared to because that's what I fell under and I wanted to touch because that's what majority of the parents will be faced with. Not everyone is going to have the ability to send their child a speech every day or four times a week or occupational therapy uh, as, as many times. So my book helps the average parent dealing with the disorder, and that's what I'm most proud about because I'm from emails to, to letters to everything concerning Trapped in the World of Silence has been nothing but positive, and I just want to continue to motivate and inspire people that's dealing with this disorder because there is, there is light. There is light. There is light. It might not seem like it, and yeah. it's very challenging, and you need to have extreme patience, but there, there is light at the tunnel, and you got to love them, that those children just like you would love them if they didn't have uh, something labeled, and that's all it is is a label of society saying this is different. They're autistic, and they're not operating in a norm, normal world, but we're seeing autism do things that, we couldn't even imagine of the normality of average person like you and I uh, to do. So it's, 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 it's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Okay. I want to thank you so much for being so transparent and open uh, with us this morning. Um, you talked about your book, Trapped in Silence, um, the insufficient funds. Um, a lot of people would not <laughs> yeah. But we're human. That's the reality of it. Um, and like you say, you know, you didn't deal with certain things like you should have in the beginning. But, you know, it's a learning lesson. And then we get into it. You know, why me? Why me? And, you know, being raised is, oh, you don't question God. You don't question what he do. But that's just human right. um, for us to say right. that because we're thinking, okay, well, you know, if God is God, then. I shouldn't be going through these things here. You know, I know I shouldn't get more, you know, I won't get more than uh, I can handle, but that's just human for us to say, why me or why us? So um, yeah. thank you for being so transparent and uh, giving us that information, educating us and letting us know about not only autism, but your struggle as well uh, with uh, your son uh, having autism. So uh, oh, let yeah. everyone in about your book, where they can get it, social media website. Okay, well, Trapped in the World of Silence, it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's available on Kindle. Uh, my personal website, which is um, Publishing. that's all one word, B-R-A-N-D-N-S-T-O-N-E-Publishing.com. And um, it's also, like I said, available on Kindle. 
And it's, I think it's a good read for people that know, you know, that even know someone with autism or is suspected. Like I said, one out of 59 children are being diagnosed. So someone's is going to kind of enter into people knowing someone that's affected by it. And I just think this book early on, it helps so many people. It's like a guide, and it will really be instrumental. So I, I really... I really recommend that. I really recommend this read for any anyone that's dealing with or knows someone that deals with autism. Okay. Thank you again, um, just, you know, for being so candid uh, this morning. So if you're uh, listening on Facebook, I'm sure you were just, you know, in awe with all the information that you didn't get a chance to put in the questions or comments in. But I am going to encourage you to follow uh, Deborah and purchase her book Trapped in Silence. And if you have any questions yep. about autism or uh, not sure if your child has those signs, or if you already have those symptoms, or excuse me, those signs, and you know they have autism, and you did some of the things like she say she did, fell in depression, didn't join the group, connect with her. I'm going to please connect with her. Uh, she's transparent. She's been open on this conversation. So a one-on-one conversation, I'm sure she'll still be transparent and give you the information and encourage you to join those groups, organizations, and different programs that's out there to help you through the process and to find whatever resources you need for uh, your child or relative. So again, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I'm just saying you just did such a wonderful job with um, stating it. I'm so glad you had me on today to talk about something so uh, prevalent right now that's going on. It's very, 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 very common, and everybody, it's, uh, it's, it's really being talked about a lot. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those important things, and I know this is a business show, but we have to, you know, circle back around sometime and talk about, those important issues like this, autism, our health, and just other things that go on. So it's, it's not always about, you know, business, 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 building business, clients. It's not always about that. We have to circle back around some time and pause and take a breath and look at some of the uh, other things that's more important in order for us to be able to succeed on our uh, business or professional career journey. Um, so thanks again, everyone that's been listening. You're on Savvy, the business podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, join us always on Twitter, Instagram at Savvy Mag Biz. And you can go back and listen to this show or any other show, blogtalkradio.com backslash Savvy Mag. Thanks again, uh, Deborah, for uh, speaking with us. And you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much, Melissa. You do the same, okay? I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.